Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. And we're also brought to you by Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps, and a swipe to book. No long, endless lists of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. Perfect whether you're a planner or like to leave things to the very last minute. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Master Tate Frazier is with me. He's the CEO of this podcast. What's happening, Tate? I love that I keep getting promoted. I just wanted to say at the top of the show, my mom, it is her birthday. She listens to Against All Odds. Shout out to my mom. Happy birthday. Oh, that's very sweet. That's mm-hmm. very sweet. You know, we're going to cut that out. There. We're going to cut that out. <laughs> uh, it's a big, actually, it's a big, de- not only, not only is it Tate's mom's birthday, that would be big enough. That'd be a big enough occasion to have a show like this. But do you know what else today is, Tate? What's that? It's our anniversary. One year anniversary since this podcast started up. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yes. One year anniversary. We made it. We're not canceled. No one thought we would make it. No one thought. We really did. We, uh, we, we've had great guests. We've had George Foreman. We've had Max Kellerman, Nate Diaz, Oscar De La Hoya. I know Super Dave is shocked. Super Dave, the wrestler Bailey, Molly Bloom, uh, Lenny Dykstra was on a couple times. The first time, actually, you were kind of able to make out what it, some of the things he was saying, which was great. But, uh, yeah, it's our anniversary. We made it a year. Very exciting. Um, and to help us celebrate, we're going to be joined by ESPN legend Kenny Mayne. He's going to make us money on this Saturday's Kentucky Derby. The most exciting two minutes in sports, Tate. That's what they say. Lots to get to. We're going to have Kenny on. We're going to go over fake props, real props, best bets with my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's up, guys? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's up, buddy? <laughs> well, it's our anniversary. Happy anniversary to you guys. That's exciting. Um the most exciting two minutes in sports is exciting. The Kentucky De- is it really the most exciting two minutes in sports? I, I don't think it is. I really, Tate, do you think it is? Probably the Super Bowl in the the last two minute drill. You know, that, yeah. that probably would come up every once in a while. Yeah, any two minutes, the refs are uh, uh, discuss looking for a review. <laughs> it ends up being about twenty five minutes, so I guess you know right. you can't say that. I think my most exciting two minutes in sports was uh, I was like 22 years old. I was riding. I was at a red light, and alongside of me was the guy who would collect for my bookie, and I think I was into him for like four grand, and I said, holy shit, this is the most exciting two minutes in sports right now. I remember saying to myself, much more exciting than the Kentucky Derby. Uh, And then the light turned green. I sped the hell off in my uh, 82 Camaro. But uh, no, uh, don't worry. He got paid. But we're going to go over all this. Our anniversary, guys. We made it one year. One year ago, 
Harry, you were, one year ago today, you were like 310 pounds, right? No, not that much. <laughs> is, is, that, is that where you are now? No, you're, you're down now a little bit. Oh, I've been running like a maniac again. I've been doing it. All right. I'm probably down about five pounds the last uh, 10 days. Really? Okay. You, you lost a tremendous yeah. amount of weight, yeah. and then you gained it back, and now you're losing weight now. But you're winning bets. You're three in a row, right? What what did you have? You now, granted, I'm not going to yeah, give you too much that. credit. You had a uh, you had a bet that no one could find involving a name that no one could pronounce. But what what was it again? Well, I, you know, basically, I won. Like you said, three in a row. I spanned the globe last week as I bet the European Tour that happened to be in China, and I won on a golf matchup taking a Frenchman uh, over a guy from Bangkok. So, whatever it takes to get a winner, right? That's right. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's right, Harry. I'm on your side. I believe it. A winner's a winner. Yeah. Whatever uh, it takes. Parlay Kid, you had a winner too, right? Who'd you have last week? Yeah, so I, I had uh, the quarterback bet. So I had under five and a half quarterbacks strapped in the first round. As it turned out, that was uh, easy peasy right there, right? I mean, uh, the sixth quarterback didn't go, what, to like uh, 40-something picks later. So And, and Jackson really uh, was the last pick in the first round. So kind of cruised to that. And listen, the, the odds weren't great. I mean, it was minus 225, so it uh, wasn't like I did anything genius there. Wins but, a win. Uh, Let's we'll go with the wins with a win. That's too. right. That's right. Yeah, the Lamar Jackson win thing. Win. That's what Harry seems to be saying. A win is a win. So uh, he's never wrong about these know, things. We, no excuses. We uh, yeah, that was weird. I had over four and a half somewhere. Um, I didn't give it out on the podcast, but I had in a parlay. I had over four and a half quarterbacks taken. So that Lamar Jackson pick was was nice. Brian, wow, Brian, that- it came a little late for you, right? That was your best bet. Under yeah, you guys are rubbing it in. I had uh, Jackson <laughs> under 17 and a half, and it doesn't make me feel any better. You know, the Ravens keep saying lately they were going to take him probably at 16, and then they ended up trading up uh, wow. to get him at 32. So yeah. that would have been uh, much better if they took him at 16 for me. That would have been better. We all for had you. a good. We all had a good betting week though last week for for the draft. I will say that we did, and it carried over into the NBA and NHL. Let me go over the list of the uh, current odds. This is entering Wednesday. Uh, for both both sports, Golden State, we knew this was happening. They're now minus one forty to win the NBA title. I don't know what we're going to do, brother Brian. We're going to wait till they're minus three hundred before we pounce. It seems like it seems like so. we predicted this, and they're the best team, and they're mowing through everybody. But we'll just let it go. The Rockets are two to one. The Cavs and Sixers are twelve to one. Uh, you know, last week we came up with. You know, we we talked about like a couple weeks ago. I had as my best bet Milwaukee minus six. It was Game Three over Boston, and I said that line seemed too high, and that's why we're going Milwaukee. It's too good to be true, and we try to come up with a name for that. We had a lot of uh, a lot of input from the uh, people emailing us. People called it the Costanza. This guy Josh Warble called it the Costanza. Uh, this guy Zach Knott said, uh, "How about just too good to be true? Don't take it. That, we're we're reading into it too much, but." Um, once again, we're presented with a couple of lines, I think, that are too good to be true. They're series lines. Uh, one of them is the Celtics, up one nothing, plus 185. And the other is the Cavs, up one nothing, minus 135. Brother Bry, the Celts plus, Celts plus 185. Okay, maybe it's a six- or seven-game series, but, man, they look pretty good to be almost two-to-one favorite with a game lead, don't they? Yeah, they they looked awesome. I mean, they play so well defensively, especially at home. That 
I mean, I don't know. This, you know, they were getting five points in game one, which we thought was weird and uh, worked out in our favor because we had the Celtics. But now they're getting four points again in game two, which doesn't really make sense again because they play so well at home. They're so good against the spread. Mm-hmm. I don't. That 180 still seems so high because maybe it's just the Sixers just weren't really tested against the Heat. So I don't know. It's maybe worth a little little money. But I will say. I am definitely jumping on the Cavs at minus 135. Well, so yeah, I mean, that's another one. So both of these seem fairly easy, or at least there's value in the Celtics pick. So yeah, we probably should take the Sixers if that's the case. And we probably should take Toronto, although for God's sakes, I don't see them winning that series. Cavs minus 135. Tate, you're all over that. What, what do they have to do, Cleveland, to win? Just ride LeBron, right? Yeah, they just, you know, at this point, I saw today that LeBron, uh, you know, he may sit out game two. That was was leaked out. The Cleveland Plain Dealer said that they, they think he should sit out game two and just rest so he can be ready for the rest of the series. I don't think they need to worry about that. LeBron owns the Raptors. Uh, he's basically in charge. He played, I mean, he had a triple-double last night, which everyone loves, but he didn't play that great, and they still won. So, I don't know. There, there's a weird thing going on with the Raptors where they can't get over the hump with LeBron. Yeah, I, again, I think it really is whatever he wants to do. And I didn't give it out on Twitter or anything. I kept it to myself, but I did bet it because I figured as soon as I mention it, it's going to lose. But I don't think they can make that over-under for points scored for LeBron for Game 7 high enough. <laughs> I think, what what was it, Brian? Was it 33-and-a-half, 35-and-a-half? No, it was like 35-and-a-half. 35-and-a-half, yeah. right. And That's he, what it was. he yeah. had 40, and he was going to, you know. He he could he was being nice only scoring forty. Yeah, um, and his over like points assist rebounds was like fifty eight or something like that. And he went he got like sixty, I don't know. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, and Cavs Warriors looks good again, right? This is the fourth one. Yeah. This is we still have that. We still have uh it's Tate, it's me, it's you, it's Joe House, it's Simmons. We have it was plus one twenty Cavs Warriors, but um yeah, Cavs get by. People are counting. That's one thing Simmons was right about, though, Brian. I was, I was thinking about it. I guess the Sixers will be favored over the Cavs if it comes to that, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless they, I don't know if if the Cavs win in like five or six, and that Seventy Sixers series goes six or seven. I don't know. It's going to be close. Yeah, I mean they're both twelve to one right now, and there's Sixers are down a game, and Cavs are up a game. Uh, let me throw a few more. Uh, speaking of the LeBron, the Game Seven, and everything. Oladipo, that three at the buzzer to cut it. The spread was five. Did that shot make it four? It made it a four-point win. I know you and our, our buddy, we can't mention Brian. Brian's got a gambling partner now, and uh, it seems to be working out. He was on the right side of like three or four 15-point comebacks. Um, but that was pretty good. Uh, Parley Kid, Oladipo with the three at the buzzer to cut it to four. I, I almost think if, if there's an in-game line on that, it's got to be uh, one to ten odds that Oladipo makes that, uh, un, you know, uncontested three, right? But let's face it, Sal. Anybody who had the Cavs given the points. Well, so did you see? Let me. I'll make a, a pretty uh, a statement here. If last week uh, there was a kid when LeBron made the three point. Did you see this video that went viral? Uh, LeBron puts up the shot. Yeah. The kid turns around before the shot's in and calls game. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, don't oh, right. you feel like anybody who had the Cavs giving the points the other day, when that shot was in the air, you could have turned around and said, game, because you know you're losing, yeah. right? You know you're losing that bet it's right going, there. It's going in for you sure. You know that shot's going in. Yeah. Almost like you, you just feel it. Like as a, as a, as better, how many times have you lost like that? Well, Plenty of times, right? I, yeah, and I'll tell you, I think 
uh, this is going to sound ludicrous, but I think Tyron Lue and the coaches who are giving points, and yes, you should know the spread going in, and I believe a lot of these coaches do. You should foul. Make sure he doesn't get the three there. You're doing your fans and your betting your supporters <laughs> a disservice there, letting him get an easy three to uh, cover oh. the spread. Uh, yeah, that was a rough one. That was a rough one. Let me just I read some. George Hill though, he missed like those last two free. He oh missed yeah, two of the last three free throws. Right, the front end of the two. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, you just knew it was going to happen. Couple... It always, but it always works out. It just seems like it. Very. So don't you feel like? You lose more games like that than win more games of like course, that. Of course, of course. Well, I mean, well, it seems like brother Brian. I think you've you've taken it on the chin with these crazy uh, swings over the last six months. But now that you've hit three or four in the last two weeks, the next one's still going to hurt, right? The next loss is still going to hurt as much as yeah, the rep- it hurts, yeah, it hurts just as much. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen probably this week. And, uh, it's a, it's a weird ego thing. I don't know what it is, but let me read you guys a spread. And you guys, uh, you're Toronto Raptor haters, so you're going to believe this. Um, this is courtesy of Action, the Action app. Uh, 32 and 18 favorites are 32 and 18 against the spread coming into Wednesday. Over the last three seasons in the playoffs, favorites 127, 87 and one. That's 59 percent in the playoffs. And that being said, Raptors as a favorite, eight and ten against the spread. I can't believe they're eight uh, and ten. How they get? How they scratch out eight wins, Tate? That's a terrible team. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a really bad team. I don't understand. Why can't they get it together? Will they ever get past the second round? Uh, I don't know. It's it's gotten to the point where you know you can't even get your hopes up and buy in on the situation anymore. Just 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 think negatively. That's that's what yes. you got to do at this point. Think negatively. Well, I don't. Who, know. who scares you on the Raptors? Right though, the second best player is Lowry. We always mm-hmm. complain about him. I I was asking you guys yesterday who is the third leading scorer. I still don't know really. I, I mean, mean, it's Van Vliet, Van Vliet's the one taking the shots down the stretch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not good. All right, Harry, I know you want to talk hockey here. Uh, let's go over the odds for these uh, the pucks. Las Vegas Knights, I don't know how they're doing it. They're leading 2-1 to one going into uh, Wednesday, plus 325 to win this whole thing. They're the favorite. Winnipeg Jets, also a one-game lead, plus 425. The Bruins, 5-1, to one, although I think that's going to change or could change. They're down 3-1 to one tonight uh, at home against Tampa Bay, who's also 5-1. to one. And uh, I can read the rest, but the defending champs, Pittsburgh, down two to one, is plus seven fifty. Harry, I think I chastise you. You had you said one of your better trends was the over in the Eastern Conference games, and then like seven unders came in total, not just Eastern, but seven unders came in, and then since Saturday, the overs are six one and one, and this uh, Boston Tampa Bay game seems well on its way to going over. Yeah, I think that right now I did the total, and for the second round of all the NHL playoffs right now, like I said, if, if, if this Tampa game goes over, it will be 8-3-1 and one in the second round. The Vegas-San Jose series, all three games have gone over. Uh, and even when you think you might have a lock under, like Monday night, personally I had the Boston-Tampa Bay game. The total was 6. It was 2-1 with five minutes left in the game. Two goals are scored within a minute of each other, and then you know the empty net goal was soon to follow to land six. It's exactly what happened. So 
if you had the under, you get a push, but it so much feels like a loss. It's just not. It's not right. You can't. I mean, with these empty netters and the only goalie that's really play, pretty much stood on his head is Flurry for Vegas. Otherwise, everybody else. It's a free-for-all. How you can take unders with these empty netters, I don't see how you can do it. Their games are going over, too, though. They had a little thing where they were... Uh, right, lately. I know yeah. he hasn't been, but but in the first year, yeah. the first round against L.A., he was amazing. Right. But, yeah, they've scored their three games. Maybe it is Vegas this year. You know, a month ago, I took them at plus 325 to win the Western Conference on the show here. Maybe it's their year. Three games they played this uh, second round. Seven goals have been scored in all three games. Seven, seven, seven. Vegas. Mm, oh, I see. I see what you're doing there. Yeah, it yeah, just seems like that? this time, oh, you know. this time last year, and this time previous years, it just seems like three of the eight goalies would get hot, and you'd have a bunch of zero-zero double overtime games. Just not happening this year. It's very strange. Oh. You, you have another Harry. What you have a, a player prop thing you want to discuss? Yeah. Too. Well, you guys, you know, you guys busted my chops last week as usual. Of course. As as I gave out the yeah, of course, of, uh, on my shots on goal for the series coming up for the Washington-Pittsburgh series, Crosby versus Ovechkin. And Ovechkin's uh, shots on goal was four-and-a-half average, so that's what we had to go with. And Crosby's is three-and-a-half. And I said to go with the under on both those guys on shots on goal. Currently, after three games, the under is 6-0. and mm. All right. I didn't say it was a bad – uh, trend. I just uh, I, I just got bored. I didn't. Know, I couldn't follow. You. Right. Sorry. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It just took you a while to say it. <laughs> hey. Uh, again. I'll say it again. A win's a win, right, Tate? That's right. That's right, Harry. A win's a win. <laughs> you have to figure out right. what's right. being said, right. but a win wow. is a win. All right. Um, I can't believe we're going to NFL, but let's do it. I love it so much, and uh, we'll probably go over this again in August. But the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds are out. And we're going to pick one. We're going to give you guys an early pick. Uh, my best bet last week in the draft was minus, uh, under two and a half wide receivers drafted. I kind of knew the Cowboys would screw it up. They took Mr. Funny, funny name, linebacker with, on the blue turf in Boise State. <laughs> and then what, Parley Kid, we didn't get a wide receiver. We took Then followed up with a tackle from uh, Texas and then wide receiver in the third yeah, round, got- right? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but I have to say, uh, getting some good reports about this kid Gallup from uh, Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I forget what uh, publication even had him ranked as the top receiver yeah. uh, in the draft. Uh, maybe Pro Football Focus maybe had him ranked uh, in, in their publication as number one. And uh, I actually thought the Cowboys had a good draft. So I think wasn't splashy. But yeah. I think it was overall very, very solid. Very solid. It's fine. Yeah. I'm sick Darn. of getting excited or, or mad about either Darn. of them. Oh, go ahead, Harry. What? Darren, just, just stop, Darren. Just stop. <laughs> stop, Darren. Darren's going to stop? Focus? What magazine's that, Darren? Ford Focus? Oh, football Come Focus. Come on. He didn't say oh, Ford, Fo- Ford, Ford Focus. Ford Focus. That's a car, Harry. Whatever. <laughs> he read He read in autotrader.com that the Gallup was going to uh, excel at the wideout. Cowboys, Wide receiver one. All right. Solid draft. Solid draft. Listen, we're not. Unfortunately, he is Gallup is not listed in the offensive <laughs> rookie of the year uh, candidates here. No. Uh, Saquon Barkley three to two. Baker Mayfield eleven four. Josh Allen eight to one. Rosen ten to one. Sam Darnold twelve. Uh, Rashad Penny fourteen fifteen to one. And then it goes on and on and on. Lamar Jackson's twenty. Uh, Ronald Jones thirty. Sony Michelle thirty. 
Calvin Ridley, 40. And there are some others sprinkled in there. Now, let's start, Harry. You seem to want to get into this. Who's your offensive rookie of the year? Now we're talking May, what is this, May 2nd? Pick your rookie of the year. And by the way, you had winners last year, uh, last week in the draft, right? Yeah, yeah, I had uh, I had two winners. Uh, I had Saquon Barkley under four and a half picks. Uh, mm-hmm. Under the four and a half picks, went, thank God my Giants didn't mess that up, and they hooked me hooked us up and took him number two. And had Georgia's uh, Raquan uh, Raquan Smith over Virginia Tech's Tremaine Edwards. That was a slam dunk as the Bears grabbed him fairly early at eight, while Edmonds didn't go till sixteen. Mm-hmm. So both prop bets won pretty easy. So my best bet this time for the rookie of the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here at thirty to one. Take Sony Michelle of the Patriots. Uh, we all know how great Belichick is at discovering talent, and Michelle can be an instant playmaker. Um, Michelle had 220 yards combined, four touchdowns in the semifinal game against Oklahoma, and in the championship game against Bama, he was the one finding the holes, not Nick Chubb, as he was averaging seven yards a carry. So, with that said, he's really blossomed. He really blossomed at the end of the season, and it's scary to think of how the Patriots will use him. I can see screen passes going for 70-yard touchdowns for him, you know? Mm. I mean, he reminds me a lot of uh, Chiefs' Tyreek Hill, when if you get by the initial defensive wave, it's goodbye. So, at 30-1, to and we're talking about the Patriots here. It's absolutely worth a few shekels on taking a shot with Tony. See, it's funny because I would say because he's a Patriot, this is not going to happen. I don't think Bill Belichick wants anyone on his team winning MVP or Rookie of the Year. As soon as you get uh, as soon as you get any stats uh, behind you, he's going to back off you. That's how effed up he is. But I don't know. I guess Tatum, <laughs> tell you, am I crazy or 30, 30 to one's a nice uh, pull, but. I don't think Belichick's going to use them like that. Yeah, and especially with running backs. We know how he rotates those guys all the time. Yeah, yeah. All right, so sorry, Harry. You lost that <laughs> one. Uh, Brother Bry, you, I think you split your picks last week, right? Your draft picks? Uh, yeah, but I also – well, I went one and two. I split the initial draft props. I had Barkley over Rosen. That hit – that was easy, but that was my big bet like that I actually did. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I got uh, the under first – Wide receiver taken nineteen and a half. I got that wrong. I was I was praying the Cowboys took one. Yeah, but, they screwed uh, it up. Of course, they, they work out. Up. Yeah. Who do you like for rookie of the year? Yeah, so I think the value similar to last year. I think the value is in the running backs. I mean, there seems to be just so much talent this year, similar to last year. So uh, when I was first looking at this, a few names caught my eye because I'm, I'm obviously I'm looking for a running back who's going to probably start right away or has a chance to start i don't want to look at barkley just because plus 150 i mean i don't love those odds but i was looking at guys like geis at 18 to 1 ronald jones at 30 to 1 but then i saw royce freeman at 100 to 1 i think he's gonna he's gonna have a chance to start for denver and if keenum's pretty good i think the way you know they have that zone blocking system i feel like he catches balls out of the backfield freeman was super underrated at Oregon he was I mean he was great for them and I think I so happen to just see uh, I don't think we had it on our list but I just so happen to see 100 100 to 1 today I thought that was great for him especially if you look at like projected top fantasy rookie running backs Mm -hmm. I think most of them have him at like number three out of everybody so I think great value there I, I think it's too risky to go QB or wide receiver but hundred to one. Well, Why not? I'll tell you, hundred to one is good. And last year's winner, Alvin Kamara. You know what his odds were this time last year? That you couldn't, you, you couldn't find them. They were off the board. <laughs> and Tate, I don't know. You yeah. probably won't remember, but uh, they were Michael Gallup's odds. Yeah, they were Michael Gallup's odds. <laughs> auto <laughs> Auto Trade had a big, big write up mm-hmm. on it. But uh, I don't. The week after, the week after Deshaun Watson got hurt, 
Camaro was 15 to 1 odds, and I urged everyone to jump on it. And it only won because I didn't bet it myself. But in the past, Dak, <laughs> Dak Prescott was 500 to 1 at this point. Now, mm. remember, they weren't expecting him to start or even play this time uh, two years ago. Todd Gurley was 14 to 1 in 2015. Beckham was 25 to 1 in 2014. Eddie Lacy, has he really only been around five years, four or five years? <laughs> he was 8 to 1. And then there were like three quarterbacks before him. But. I agree. I would go running back here. Parley Kid, who's your pick? Well, Sal, uh, I'm not going running back. All right. And as you know, in the draft, I actually uh, like Moore over Ridley, so we hit on that at plus 255, and I know Tate was all over that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, good job there, Tate. But I'm going to go receiver here, Sal. I think it's been a few years yep. uh, since Odell uh, won uh, that uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year award. And I just think uh, Ridley, and look, let's have a disclaimer on this. We are so far away from the start of the season. Don't uh, say it like that. Don't say it like that. Things are going to play out. (laughs) Makes me sad when you say it like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It does. It is a little sad. But it will be here before we know it. Uh, But I think Ridley uh, from Alabama here, coming into Atlanta, could he be coming into a more ideal situation? This is a dream scenario. For him, right? He's playing with Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might start as the number three behind Sanu, who will be the number two. But I think before even midseason, Ridley is elevating himself up to that number two receiver. He's going to be in single coverage most of the time. I don't think it's far fetched for him to really have a year where he's catching 70 80 to 80 passes, 1,000 to 1,200 yards, yeah. you know, seven to 10 touchdowns. And at forty to one, I think I just think it's I, Brian blew me away with Freeman right there, hundred to one. But yeah. I think forty-one is great value at this time for a guy that's playing in what is supposed to be a potent offense. I thought last year they their offense really let down, but Ridley might be the answer to getting that offense back to where it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so at forty to one, I, I like the value there a lot. And there's, uh, you know, these guys scored two, three touchdowns in the preseason. These numbers jump all over. This is the only reason I want to look at this now. But yeah, he'll be down to fifteen, eighteen to one if he scores a little bit in the preseason. Right. So yeah, you're taking a little chance that he breaks through to to become a number two receiver. But at forty to one right now, not bad at all. Tate. You see these numbers? What jumps out at you? Uh, the one that really stood out to me, I know, uh, I think running back is the right position, but I like another wide receiver for the Steelers, James Washington out of mm. Oklahoma State. Uh, I think I got him here at 33 to oh. 1. Uh, I just, you know, Martavis gets traded out of there. The, Antonio is obviously their number one guy. A lot of teams double him. And then you have, you know, Smith Schuster last year obviously set the precedent that you can, you know, shine in your first year in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. I don't know. Name to watch. Pretty good. Yeah, Harry liked that guy during the draft. I think he bet on him. Um, no, DJ Moore, Tate. He's also thirty-three to more. I don't want to. If I say it, he'll have a horrible year. So I'm just gonna, say it. Keep just it, say it. Keep it to myself. I'm uh, I'm going Ronald Jones, thirty to one for the Bucks. Um, he has to beat out Doug Martin and Jockeys Rogers. I think he could do that. I don't know. This might be a biased thing. I liked him at USC, and he's a touchdown machine at college. I know it's a different story, but he scored nineteen out of twenty games. His last twenty games, he scored a touchdown. I think. Same as Harry was saying um, with uh, Sony Michelle, is going to be dump offs. There's going to be screens. They have good wide receivers, so they're not going to be able to focus on the backs. Uh, the Texas Tesla, I don't know. He played college in California. He's playing pro in Florida, but he's the Texas Tesla. And uh, I like Ronald Jones. Uh, I just I feel like I'm going to fall for this Tampa Bay thing. 
That's what I hate. Like every year, doesn't Tampa Bay look good? Like all their moves, they get all they did the best in free agency. They had a nice draft. They have all these players you want to draft in fantasy, and then they uh, they're one and four after uh, the first month of the season. But that would be uh, my pick. All right, so that's the offensive rookie of the year rundown in the NFL. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail, tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. We have the Kentucky Derby, as I said, this Saturday. Most exciting two minutes in sports. Um, Here's Captain Morgan prop. The number of lengths the Derby horse wins by versus... The number of Kanye West public breakdowns in 2018. We saw one a couple of days ago. He stormed the TMZ offices, which he later called the hospital, <laughs> and uh, went off went off on everything. Which is going to be higher, the number of lengths the Derby, Derby horse wins by or the number of Kanye West public breakdowns this year? Harry, which way are you going? I have to go with Kanye. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> everything I've read on the Derby says it's going to be a close race. Four-time Derby winning trainer Bob Baffert has said it's one of the toughest Derby fields he's ever seen. So with that said, after I watched the Kanye TMZ interview, Kanye's a lock to win this bet. The whole crew of his, the Kardashians, the Jenners, all the Kardashians' boyfriends, they're all nuts, though. You realize in in Two minute in that two minute and thirty one second clip, he mentioned the word opioids nine times. Yeah, he's insane. I mean, it's I, not insane. Man words, has a problem. Uh, he has a problem. Many times in my life. Yeah, and yes, he's got a problem. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, with, so how the hosts of the shows that weren't weren't there? They were, I think they were holding everything they could possibly do to 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 stop from uh, cracking up. So Conway Con, Con, Conway Conway Twitter. Yeah, Conway, Con, Conway Russ. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe I'm on. Maybe I'm on a couple of opioids. But Conway yeah, at least. Easy. At least. All right, brother Brian, do you agree with uh, with Conway West winning this one? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree here with Harry. Yeah, it was funny. He was telling the TMZ crew he was blaming TMZ for him having to get liposuction. Did you hear that? Oh yeah, that was, that was yeah, 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 yeah. He, <laughs> he blamed them, but then he said yeah, they were think, the hospital. Yeah. What, what, what Harry was saying is right. I mean, I think most of these tend to be the Kentucky Derby seem to be kind of wire to wire. So I'm saying I'm going to say. Uh, the winning horse wins by a nose, so it's not even not even a length. Oh, okay. And then Kanye West wins this thing by Saturday night. I say he shows up at the Derby <laughs> wearing one of those big fancy hats, claiming he can talk to horses. That's his. The, that outburst wins right away Saturday. Wow! So it's going to take place right there. They're, they're going to be right staring right each other the in the event. face. I like that. Parlay kid, you agree with your brother? Yes, I agree with them. But let's face it, and Tate would agree with this, Kanye is just an advanced genius. Yeah. So us normal <laughs> folk just can't relate to this guy. We don't get it. Yeah. Like, they yeah. just We just don't get it. And, and last year's winner was three lengths, guys. But that being said, that's the exception rather than the rule. More, mm. more often than not, the winner is going to win this race by one length or less, which means Kanye's got no wiggle room here. Mm. And let's face it, uh He's going to have him. This is a man who once said his biggest pain in life is not being able to watch himself perform live. He's straight up crazy. I like crazy, though, especially in Kanye's case. But he's having a meltdown, like Brian said. This could happen before Saturday night's even over. Take Kanye. All right. I like it. You know what? Uh, The record for Kentucky Derby, the win, is eight lengths. And it was done four times. And even if it happens against Saturday, 
I like Kanye because I looked it up uh, in uh, autotrader.com where I get all my fantasy analysis. (laughs) And Kanye averages 11 and a half public breakdowns a year. (laughs) So... And it's not even hot in L.A. yet. Wait till the temperatures hit 80s and he can't cool down. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He's going to have complete breakdowns. TMZ hit the jackpot. Uh, They'll be right there the next time it happens again and again and again. I'm taking Kanye over the derby horse uh, lengths. All right, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Let's dip into the mailbag here. We've had some um, pretty ingenious uh, offerings here. Um, oh, so uh, we were talking about trends. We're constantly talking about trends and uh, how to take advantage of trends. And someone, we had a little help here. This is from Jason Campanian. It says, hey, Sal, my buddies at Cambridge Analytics have crunched the numbers and discovered a recent betting trend paying 94% of the time. Since the first Against All Odds podcast, had you bet against the degenerate trifecta, you'd have won a staggering 94% of the time. We put our money where our mouths live, and we're up $1.7 billion just betting against the best bets. Thank you, J. Kemp. How dare you, J. Kemp? How dare you say this about my trifecta? And on our anniversary, no less. Can you believe this, Parley Kid? That's the. That, I can't believe you read that one, Sal. But I know. It might be true, but Sal, listen, <laughs> we've never, not we've true. never, uh, it's we've not never true. Said we're the greatest. We've never, we've never said we're that. that we're not that bad. <laughs> Wait, Harry, you don't believe that they've won one point uh, seven billion dollars? You're calling fake news on this. <laughs> Uh, at worst, ninety-one percent, ninety-four is. is uh, there was outrageous. a there was a time I think probably Sal with, with the way we've been going for a year, I think between the three of us, yeah, we've been pretty good, but we did have probably each have one bad streak over the last year, right? Where we couldn't win a win a thing, each of us, and it all came at kind of different times. Am I right, Bry? When I say that, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're never consistent either way. Either we're one of us is hot and. Two of us aren't. Or, that's right. You know, that's how. It's that's done. okay. That's up to the public to figure out which way to go. We're just, uh, you know, we're just giving advice here. Look, I, I think Brian and, and the Parlay Kid, you guys had eighteen to one winners, twelve to one, sixteen to one. You don't have to hit five of those to uh, get a plus for the season. I don't know what these. I don't know. But if they said they that's won one point right. seven billion, I have to, I have to, I have to take them at their word. All right, uh, another email, uh, Sal. I'm sitting on a reasonably large Pelicans. To win the West Futures ticket at 200 to 1. Let's just say this ticket wasn't purchased in Vegas. I have no recourse on any non payment, which is making me hesitant to hedge. Have you heard any stories where someone just skips down? I know it's a long shot, anyways, but curious how you think this plays out if I have 100,000 coming my way. Thanks, and I love the podcast. Keep it up, Yitzi Rubin. I love the name, Yitzi Rubin. That sounds like an old time Vegas gangster, uh, Yitzi Rubin, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, yeah, well, first of all, um, you're not going to win because you have the Pelicans 200 to one, <laughs> so don't really worry about it because they're 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 probably going to get swept or lose in five, and uh, even if you do win, you're not going to win. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is an offshore account or uh, a bookie you're playing with, but a hundred thousand dollars probably not going to get paid off, right, Harry? Yeah, they need, they need. That's why they need to legalize this stuff already, so you don't have to fly to Vegas and go in front of a counter and do it. But you could do it legitimately online and not have to worry about something like this. But 
Uh, yeah, I, I th- this is like it's it's a weird psychological thing with this. So if you bet online or if you bet with a bookie, you almost part of you doesn't want to win a lot because you don't want to know the consequences. You don't want to know up. Oh, they're just not going to pay you. And it's so strange. Like, you, you almost pull back on your wins. It's like, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I have a friend whose wife is getting texts at 3 in the morning, and he doesn't want to ask her about it. And I said, you know what? Just keep not asking her about it because it's going to be bad, whatever it is. <laughs> She's getting texts twice a week at 3 in the morning. I won't mention who it is, but it's the same thing. So let's legalize gambling already, right? <laughs> right, Brother Bry? Let's, let's get it going. Uh- Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, Yitzi Rubin, thank you. And Jay Kemp, screw you and your $1.7 billion. Send it our way. <laughs> Send it our way if it's actually $1.7 billion. Help us build yeah, the uh, say, Gambling Hall that, of Fame in Perump. probably show up in a court of law, right, somewhere? Yeah. Well, wh- which one? The first or the second one? Probably both. The second yeah. one. Yeah, oh, I could see it. Yeah. All right. Hit us up. Cousin Sal, against all odds, at gmail.com. We uh, welcome all your emails. All right, guys. It's time. Best bets. We were three and one last week. You know what? Let's really keep track of these. We talk about it, and it's hard because we're throwing so many things uh, at you. But this is year two now, so let's try to keep track. We're three and one going into this. Brother Bry, what's your best bet? All right. So a few weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, I gave. I was talking. I didn't really give it to you because I know it's kind of a known trend. But I spoke about that trend when teams were down 0-2 to take them in the first half of Game 3. So now we have the same situation with the Pelicans going against the Warriors. Game 3 are down, down uh, 0-2. Mm-hmm. Now, when I gave out that trend the last time, it started off 0-2, ended up 3-2. and two. So mm-hmm. we're, we're winning so far. So I, I like it again, and I think I, I want to ride this as much as possible. As uh, Every time it comes up in the playoffs, I want to hit this. So the Pelicans are getting a half a point on Friday night against the Warriors. I love it. I'm going to jump on it. I know All you're right. probably going to say, maybe don't take it because it's the Warriors. But I thought the Pelicans actually played really well last night, and I think yeah, when I don't they get mind home, that. They, they might shock them in the first. I half. I don't mind. So it's first half. So it's uh, teams that are down 2-0, whether they're home or away. Game three, take them in the first half. That's what you're saying, right? Or is it just home? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Take the Pelicans yeah. plus a half. Uh, Parlay kid. All right, let's all jump on that. Let's kid. do it. Parlay kid. Big winner last week. Keep it up. Yeah, Sal. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of negativity uh, on the Raptors uh, here on this podcast sure. so far. And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge uh, Raptor fan either, Sal. Uh, don't a, do it. Don't do I just, it. They, they, uh, but I'm, I'm putting them on a parlay oh. uh, for tomorrow night, Sal. Uh, and it's funny, though, Sal. We're in a text chain with uh, Brian's new uh, betting partner. Yeah. And, uh, and you we, guys have been killing the Cavs all year long, right? Like, Oh, we should be betting against the Cavs all the time. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we're saying they're going to the finals. I know. I'm still not sold. Le- LeBron, listen, this guy has got to be running on fumes by now, right? While the rest of his teammates just stand around and watch him. Mm-hmm. And I think I, what Tate had said before about him sitting out, I hadn't heard that. But that might be genius by by them. Mm-hmm. But I think this game is going to be a runaway early I think the Raptors. I don't think the. I don't think the Cavs are planning on winning this game too here. I think the Raptors cruise in this, and they're they're minus two sixty on the money line. Uh, but I'm also going to put them with the Penguins tomorrow night against the Caps because the Penguins are really good when their backs are against the wall. I'm not saying this is a must-win game. They're down two to one, but they're home. 
They don't want to be down 3-1 to one going back to Washington. So I think this is, in their minds, probably really clo- as close to a must-win game as, as uh, they're going to face. Uh, and at one, they're at minus 165. So you put the Raptors and Penguins together. They're plus 122. I'm getting a plus next to it. I really like it. I'm very confident in that bet. So Raptors, Pens, Moneyline Parlay tomorrow night, South Thursday night. All right. Uh, Bill Simmons, a sports guy, likes to call them kitchen sink games, like when your back's against the wall. For sure this is a kitchen sink game for Toronto. Uh, I think They can't yeah. go down 2 nothing and then go to Cleveland. No. Um, Pittsburgh's close. It's not a kitchen sink. It's I'd say I'd say it's a coffee maker uh, microwave oven game though. It's pretty close. You don't want to go three to one down against Washington. I like that parlay a little. But what Tate? You like Toronto or you would not touch that? Game? Yeah, I like Toronto in game two. I I do think they may sit LeBron or if they're down early, they may just pull him. Mm-hmm. I think they're down exactly. to lose that game. They already still won in Toronto. They're going back to Cleveland. All right, all right, Harry. Big moment for you. You've hit three in a row. What's this going to be? I can't even imagine what sport. Darts? What do you got? <laughs> yeah, right. I've been hitting. Yeah, I've hit three in a row while taking hoops, hockey, and golf in that three-week span. And you boys know when you get when you get a roll, we all feel a little cocky. So I'm going to get a little daring taking a plus money play Whoa. in of all things and some and something we have not mentioned in the year we've been doing the oh, show come on. and that's NASCAR. <laughs> I'm taking oh Kyle Larson at plus 150 to finish in the top 3 of the AAA 400 Drive for <laughs> Autism race in Dover, Delaware. <sighs> now, you might ask, what do I know about NASCAR? Yeah. Well, I know in 10 races this year Larson has 3 top 5 finishes and 5 top 10s. In 2015, in this race, Larson finished third. In 16, he started 23rd and still finished second. And last year, he finished second and led for 241 laps. That was 139 more than the next close driver, Martin Truex Jr. He is way due to to win this race, and top three is what I love. So I'll put my three-week best bet winning streak on the finish line, you might say, Parlay Kids, with Kyle Larson at plus 150 to finish in the top three. Harry, I have a lot of questions. But what, first of all, <laughs> Kyle Larson, I don't even think he's like the top nine, ten Kyles in auto racing probably. But all right, uh, I don't know anything about it. But also, wh- where can people find this bet? Uh, sportsbook.com. <laughs> they can't? Really? All right. Yep. All right, because I feel like you you offer you throw these bets out and you, they're nowhere to be found. You can't like you get on like, hey, uh, this morning I pulled a rabbit out of my ass and like, oh really? I'd like to see. Oh, did you? Did, did anyone take video? Like, listen, no, no, my phone was dead. Like, oh, okay, all right. Well, you, that sounds impressive, one, but listen, I don't you're know. You're the one who interested. You're the one who introduced me to sportsbook.com. So uh, it's my fault. No, but <laughs> He's like like blaming TMZ. It's like Kanye blaming TMZ. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, this is par for the course, though, because we know we, we get Harry's texts all the time, right? So we'll yeah. be involved in this big game between, I don't know, mention any of Celtics, Sixers, right. or yeah. uh, Cavs, Raptors. And Harry's texting us saying, hey, uh, Larry Link is uh, two behind at the Albuquerque Open. 
Right. right. Like, yeah. Stuff like that. So this is this is this is this is great though. We lo- this is why we love Harry. This I guess so. It's not why I love him, but all right, <laughs> that's fine. All right, Kyle Larson, uh, top three. You can find it on sportsbook.ag. Uh, let me just give some credit to you. Could find on Bovada. You could find those offensive rookie of the year odds and um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm still. They also sh- have some good over unders on there with the rookies, like games started and stuff. Oh really? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for like quarterbacks. Sorry, Brian. I, I'm into NASCAR now. I don't, I don't care about any of this football stuff. So. All right, let me give my best bet. Uh, Triple G was supposed to be supposed to be Triple G Canelo Alvarez this weekend. This is supposed to be one of the great weekends. You have, and it is, it still is, but you have the Kentucky Derby. You have like a team like the Cavs uh, home game. You have the lower seed teams at home, which is which is fun to watch for the most part. And then you usually have a good fight. And it was supposed to be Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. And Alvarez, I don't know what he did. He some kind of failed the test. He said it was tainted meat or something. He's not in this fight. But they set Triple G up against this. What's this guy's name, Brian? Vanis Martirosine? Was it? Yeah, Mar- uh, I don't even Mar-a-Rosian. know. I think it's Martirosine. I saw him fight a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, he actually wasn't bad about yeah. like 12 years ago. So Triple G is like minus 3,000, and he's minus 600, I think, to even knock him out. And by the way, we were putting that on everything, the minus 600. But if you want more even odds, and not that this is even, it's still minus 185. So you can count this as a half a bet if you want. We're going under eight and a half rounds. Eight of the last ten fights Triple G's involved with have been knockouts, and they've all— He's been on the knockout side of it. The ones that weren't were against Danny Jacobs and Canelo Alvarez. This guy, those guys were real opponents. This Martiro Sion, he's a tough 32-year-old. He last fought two years ago, but he's just looking for a paycheck. The VIG is high. I'm going under eight and a half rounds. The ref stops it in the sixth. Triple G, TKO. That's my best bet. And that'll be three in a row if that hits. What do you think of that, Harry? I'm catching up to you. You don't care. Until I win this week with Larson. That's right. All right. All right. Parley Kid, where can people find you on Twitter? Now, I'm at the Chalk Talker, Sal. And I also, Sal, can, I think I speak for the three of us that, uh, when I say thanks for having us along for this ride. It's been a fun year, Sal. It's oh, been a really course. fun year. Thank oh, you. Let's keep it going. We're going to keep it going. It's fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Darren's making it sound like we're not doing this again. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> he's about to Jason, Jason win this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's going to make a decision in two weeks. Well, really, it all comes, whether we're back or not, it all comes down to a, a NASCAR race. And uh, I hope. <laughs> Hopefully it works out for all of us. Uh, brother, we'll know in eight hours. That's right. Brother Bry? Yeah, Matt, the Brother Bry. If anybody has any good uh, Kentucky Derby bets, let me know because I, I am a lost with a Derby. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, my son, uh, what, what's that horse's name? My boy Jack, right? My, my boy Jack. My boy Jack. And my, I do have a boy Jack, and as Brother Bry pointed out, or Polly Kid, one of you, he's 10 years old. He's, he's racing from the 10th position, right? And uh, what else? He was ten to one. Or yeah, no, was, the it was ten horse is right. the most. Uh, I think has the most wins. Uh, All think, right, right. The, the horse With out of the, the derby, yeah. too. My so. boy Jack. I think. I think that could be. I'll, I'll talk to Kenny Maine about it in a middle in a minute. All right, uh, Harry. Where where could people not avoid you? Harry A A O on Twitter. No, that's not even right. Is it? <laughs> no. Yeah. I Isn't guess it? that's how you can avoid them. Yeah, I guess so. A A O Harry, right? Not Harry A A O. A O Harry. Okay. <laughs> these, these, listen, Sal. These opioids are really kicking. Oh my God. 
Harry, what's going on really with these? Uh, right you're you're <laughs> dating now. You have five dates or something? Five dates with this uh, one lovely, uh, beautiful woman, and I've been uh, very lucky. She's fantastic with everything. Really? Uh, we saw Avengers last night. <laughs> I fell asleep like three or four times during the movie. Uh, I, 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 I would have bet on. I would have bet on that. Two hours, forty minutes plus. <laughs> yeah. Plus I mean, movie it was, it was, after it was, the credits. Like there's part of the movie. Hours. The movie was yeah. ten o'clock at night. Uh huh. And then, so you have another so date? I, you have a yeah. sixth date or something? You're taking her to a game or oh, something, yeah, we're right? going, uh, take, I'm taking her and her sister to the uh, Diamondbacks Astros on uh, <laughs> on Friday night. And then Saturday, we're going to a bar that, I, that has here in Phoenix, that uh, in Scottsdale, that actually has betting windows. You can bet the race. You can bet horses and bet the derby. So she's psyched about that. So oh, that's fun. fun. Oh, that's good. And you guys have slept over and stuff, right? You've slept over. She slept over. Uh, yeah, two we- uh, two weekends ago. Uh-huh. We had a great time. Fun time. Yeah, Good but stuff. It, but it's not. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't. Uh, you haven't. You, know, you haven't pushed. Listen, it? I'm, yeah. uh, I'm. I'm. I'm taking it slow. I'm taking it slow. You're taking it slow, or but, she's taking it slow. Yeah, I'm taking. Hey, anything wrong with that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like fifty first dates with Harry. Thank you. Hold on a second. Right. <laughs> Hold on. Just so I understand this. You you finally, after yeah. after 46 years, find a woman who's uh, willing to share her bed with you. And you're taking mm-hmm. it slow? You decide you're taking it slow. When it got a little hot and heavy, I turned, uh, I turned, down, the, uh, I turned down the heat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to enjoy the moment, like I said. Darren, Darren you agree. Parlay Kid, you agreed with me on this. Harry, I think you're playing this like a champ. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best. I think this is the one, Harry. I don't know. I don't know what you're yeah. waiting for, though. I mean, th- th- you know this is the one. Make it happen, Captain. Let's go. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. was very confused by your best bet, and now I'm. Uh, now that this is totally distracting <laughs> me from that. Hey, listen, right. her, listen, her and I have a trip at the end of the month uh, to go out to LA. We'll be. Uh, you will. You will meet her. Okay. Meet her. Oh, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tate, where, where are you on Twitter? At Tate Frazier. Pretty simple. At Tate Frazier, but a bunch of podcasts still going, right? Yes. GM Street's still going. One Shining Podcast still going. And against all odds, I appreciate being on the show. One of full course. year. Happy to, happy to continue. Oh, we love having you. You're the CEO of this podcast. So <laughs> we, we have no choice right. but to have you. And happy birthday to uh, Tate's mom. And I'm sorry you had to hear that uh, outburst from Harry. I don't, uh, I don't know what's going on. On here, but maybe she could uh, figure this out. She'll love it, Harry. <laughs> All right, Kenny right, Maine, Kenny Maine coming up, but first, my bookie. All right, my bookie. Hey, you guys think you know who's going to win the ball game tonight? Of course you do, because you listen to this podcast. But lay down some money and get in on the action at the safest online sports book in the world. MyBookie.ag offers all kinds of different wagers on Major League Baseball, as well as every type of sport league in the world. When you win, you get lightning-fast payouts, and you can even create your own player prop wagers using their prop machine. There's nothing better than that. Use promo code SAL, and you'll get up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. If you want to experience Las Vegas-style sportsbook gambling, mybookie.ag is the only place to check out. Yesterday I had, I'm not not lying to you, Cavs, in-game betting, They did it. They pulled it out over Toronto. They even have casino games like blackjack, 
roulette, and slots. Not to mention, you can play all their games on your cell phone, iPad, or tablet computer. My bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Visit Las Vegas from your couch and try them out today. Go to mybookie.ag and sign up with the promo code SAL to ensure that you're eligible for all their future promotions and bonuses. Once again, that's mybookie.ag. Use promo code SAL. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. The 144th running of the Kentucky Derby takes place this Saturday. And on the phone right now, outside of my grandpa Sal, he's my favorite horse junkie of all time. And unlike my grandfather, he also happens to be a legendary ESPN sportscaster, my friend Kenny Maine. How are you, Kenny? That was an awesome introduction. Pretty good, right? I really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better. I I you're you're not only one of the top ESPN personalities. I was thinking about it. Who's better? Let's quickly go through the names. I don't care if this is uncomfortable. It must be done. Uh, I say if there's a Mount Rushmore of ESPN anchors. Now I love Neil and Stan, but if we're gonna go classic, I go Stu, Linda, Dan Patrick, and yourself. How do you like that? That's a high honor. I, have you ever been to the monuments? No, I haven't. We we went there. Do you remember when we used to do the pretend football stories? Oh yeah, sure. And we had we had this guy named we called him Kim Il Long was his name. We gave him his real name is Max Kim. He's right. really from South Korea. He's an audio guy at ESPN. Uh huh. And one day I was like, Hey, do you want to do like a story where you're the? We'll pretend you're on the Seahawks. Right. And he's, he was honored, you know, to take the trip to Seattle. And so for like ten years we did this ridiculous <laughs> new iteration of Kim Il Long. And the year where he walked across America, uh, he went to the North and South Dakota border to try to calm the hostilities. He got confused about what the issue was. I see. To be north and- that's funny. Yeah. And that, that's so, a, that- I mean, that, that story was ahead of its time, really, when you could see what's going on there. It really was. That's not the kid that ended up kicking for the Chargers, is it? <laughs> no, Matt has never played a down in the NFL. We pretended that the Seahawks signed him for a billion dollars because they wanted to win now. Uh, and Mike Holmgren would let him out there on the field smoking cigarettes. You can Google all this stuff. All I don't right. even know what channel we're on right now or what medium this is. We're not on any I'm channel. Yeah, it's just, just a phone We're call. just talking yeah. on the phone. This is it. And then yeah. you record it and listen to it later. You're yeah, out. I don't even know if I'm recording it. Yeah. But let, listen, you mentioned the Seahawks before we get to the Derby, which I know you're excited about. But lifelong Seahawks fan, you were dra- you were drafted by the Seahawks. Is that right? I was not drafted. No, uh, freaking Wikipedia. I played at I played at UNLV. Back- I was technically yeah. on the Seahawks. That's not a lie. People oh. probably think we're making this up. Right, free agent. Okay, right. You weren't drafted. Uh, yes, the kid the kid who played ahead of me at UNLV was offered to go there, and he turned him down. He was going to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. And Sam King. So my coach said, hey, if you like Sam, why not look at this other guy? And I went up and threw. And Jerry Rome, the quarterback's coach at the time, told the player director that he's not terrible. Nice. That was, that was his wreck on me. <laughs> and here I am. But I failed the physical. I had kind of a not a good ankle. Yeah, oh, really? Didn't well. You didn't have a good chiropractor yeah. back then, right? Had, no, yeah. I got a new one now. We were just talking about that on Chiropractic Today show that yeah. we were doing earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I had – it's not good, but it's all right. It's I went on and what did I do? I assembled garbage cans. I sold prepaid legal insurance. 
got a job at ESPN eventually, and here we are today talking about yeah. me. And then you ended up on ESPN's Mount Rushmore. That's quite a story. That's really yeah. nice. Are you, uh, are you happy with the Seahawks draft? You got the San Diego State running back. A lot of people dig yeah. that kid. Uh, Rashad I mean, Penny, rookie they, of the year. By the way, rookie of the year odds, 15 to 1. It's not too wow. early to jump on these things. I like it. That's that shows a lot of support. Just picking one out of however many they just drafted. But um, I mean, since we lost Marshawn, it's yeah. pretty clear. I mean, they you know, the guys who came in and tried to do it, it's not like they were terrible. It just didn't work for a variety of reasons. Right. But, you know, with Marshawn, remember, people forget the key play they ran over and over. They don't block the end. So to say we had a good running game was based on Russell's read and Marshawn's running and. You know, that was a good thing to have him to rely on. But, um, yeah, they sort of hit reset, and I've lost a whole bunch of guys I like. In fact, my neighbor, literally, Jimmy Graham lives. I could see his house that he's not in because he's not here. But he was. Uh, And and Luke Wilson, just your good guy Canadian. You know, he went to Detroit. Richard Sherman's down there in San Francisco. So, Mm -hmm. and, And I'm not sure what's happening with Cam Chancellor for sure. Michael Bennett's gone. They basically said, we're starting over kind of like Pete just showed up. We're going to start the Pete program, and here's how it's going to go. Yeah. So I I can't doubt they've had great success. I'm not going to doubt their choices. It is what it is. But um, at the same time, I'm always it's always weird how the fans expect such loyalty from players. They're supposed to do anything possible to stay with the team and show their loyalty to the region, whereas the teams, they would – you know, they would cut Tom Brady tomorrow in New England if Belichick thought that it improved the team somehow. Right. Um, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's you, a, it's a one-way street. You not record me and not use me if you found a better guest. <laughs> I mean, I know how it goes. That's not true. You're on the Mount Rushmore, for God's sakes. No. No, I feel the same way. I lost. I'm a Cowboys fan. We lost uh, Dez. Uh Tony Romo, number nine. And, uh, and uh, I think Jason Witten has decided to retire all in, like, you know, about 12 or 13 months, and, uh, yeah, you have yeah. to stay loyal. It's 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 strange. But I do think this Rashad Penny, he could help himself out a little. Now, I was thinking about this. Marshawn Lynch's thing was the Skittles, right? They'd even show him eating the Skittles. Yeah. He needs a candy. Sure. I don't know if it's Charleston Chews or a bit of honey, but you need something. He needs to be chewing on something or, in the background. Why? Or what? We take it. We do a retro thing and do what we used to call You might not be old enough, but it was literally called Penny Candy. Of course, you yeah. could run for a nickel and get five something. You know, Tootsie Rolls. This is back in the yeah. day. This is, yes. this is when you rode your bike to the Star Lake Inn to buy penny candy. This is me, nineteen something. I yeah. like it. How did you become a Cowboys fan? Did for you just, it, it's a, a it's a I dumb. Think you're a Texan. It's a dumb story. My dad. Uh, my mother didn't know he was dating a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. No, he went to he went on business to Dallas and brought me back. Made the mistake of bringing me back a jacket, and I loved it. It was a shiny silver, and you know the TV show Dallas was on. And I liked it. And like I, a bowling jacket. Yeah, it was yeah. basically a bowling jacket. And he just like for the next thirty five years, he tried to convince me to become a Jets fan, and that wasn't happening. So I just I just stuck with the. I was a chubby Long Island kid uh, rooting for the Cowboys, but. Um, okay. Yeah, so Unusual, stuck. but acceptable. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was a Packers fan because we didn't have a team. When I was a young kid in Seattle, there was no team. I'm right. that old. That's right. Seahawks came when I was like in high school, you know, mm-hmm. expansion team. So I'm, I just, I'm glad I could call in with the reminisce about our childhood. I had a generally good childhood, 
where Uncle Gordy taught me about horse racing. Well, I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you. How did you? How did you come to love horse racing and more importantly, uh, gambling in general? Was it? Was it Uncle Gordy? Uh, both parents and Uncle Gordy. I remember when my my dad worked for the airline, and so we could fly anywhere for like three dollars. And I think when I was nine. I think he took me to Vegas for three days, which is dad and son. Are. So he, I'm at the pool. He's shooting dice. I think it was just kind of like when I went back to like you know the show and tell or whatever tell about your summer or whatever that thing was on the first day, Mrs. Loomis, mm-hmm. who was sort of a predecessor of Jeff Lang, if I might have. Um, so I go in there and that's you know first kid like I went to church camp, next kid Boy Scouts, third person you know did this or that, visited grandparents in Tennessee, and, and I'm like yeah my dad took me to Vegas, we stayed at Caesars. <laughs> I think it was an embarrassing moment for my parents because there's this. There's a stigma about gambling, but like Hank Goldberg and I were at a track once, yeah. and some little kid came up, and Hank was encouraging him who to bet on, and it's great. And, and so I was trying to be like, the convention. oh, you know, Hank doesn't mean you should gamble right now. I mean, he's right. like eight years old. And Hank's like, the hell with that. He's buying you, if he hits, he's buying you a bike. He can, <laughs> he can get some candy and toys. But yeah, Hank was giving me the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, my parents a bit. My Uncle Gordy would drive me to the local racetrack. We would hitchhike to it. We would take a bus. We, I just liked it. And it wasn't just the gambling. It was, and it still isn't. It, it really is. It makes me feel good. I like being at a racetrack in the same way you and your dad loved going to those Cowboys games. All those <laughs> right? Well, yeah, it's a little different for me because I, I didn't know anything from a racetrack. Now, we had, I grew up in Long Island. We had Belmont was close and aqueduct i guess but i was like 17 years old working at a place on long island called uh, dairy barn and people would pull up and you would give them milk and sometimes they would pay you but sometimes they would just pull away but i made like 550 an hour and i was ecstatic that was that was great for me it was a great wage and i take my earnings to a place called otb off-track betting do they still have I these? I, I, do, I think I think a few of them are still uh, popped up once in a while, right? I, I believe you can still find some in the New York State, but yeah. the old ones they had in Manhattan, they all went away. That was sad because I'd go there for work, you know, shooting something or right. commercial or whatever. And then it was fun. You could go to, like, the Irish pub and bet on horses at night. So. Yeah. And and we'd watch. Uh, I'd watch the. Gone. You'd watch the simulcast on these shitty televisions, and they wouldn't check IDs. And uh, yeah, I'd lose all my money. Like I remember winning one, one race, and I got to fill my car, the gas tank, with more than an eighth of a, a tank. And that was like that was a huge moment. I was like, wow, I'm gonna get. A a, yeah, I'm wow. gonna get a quarter tank of gas and uh, and celebrate <laughs> here. But here's what. No. He, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, for a short time, was a horse race announcer for the old school OTBs out in Las Vegas. Because uh-huh. in the old, old days, you didn't even have the TV monitor that you're talking about. You had nothing. You had one track maybe that had a video feed. And the rest, they just had a big white board that slide the next race in the middle and say, okay, we're going to Goldstrand now. And yeah. you'd be across town, get the information, and recreate the race like you know, like this thing. Just like Enteros, you know, we just like make up our silly little call. Wow, that's great. So yeah, what year was that? So, uh, Eighty-two, right nice. before I came up for the Seahawks. Thing. Oh, very nice. So I, I was just graduating from UNLV at that time. That's what uh, cracks me up about horse racing. At, at the lowest level, you have these uh, OTBers, these career degenerates. They're, they're dressed like hobos. They're sucking on the same Denobly cigar for three days. And then you have the Kentucky Derby. 
And it's still a horse race, but it's elegant. It's treated like the royal wedding with uh, fancy hats and ascots and pretty cocktails. How does this work out? Like, you don't really see this in any other sport or event. Well, there's still a mix. I mean, it's a big track, right? So you also have – those are the people that show up on the TV, but you also got the people in the infield. You got people showing up in the shorts and the T-shirts that say legalize it. You got, you know, you got everything. They don't show them on TV. Right, yeah, they don't show them. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was just reminiscing about doing a story on the Derby infield the year it rained for three straight days. And people were just like running and diving in mud like little kids do in the backyard or after football practice. And, and you know, there's that part of the Kentucky Derby. And then there's also Millionaire's Roll, as they call it. And you've got your Tom Brady's and, and your other fancy people who show up. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's an occasion. Like, personally, I favor the Breeders' Cup. Because it's two days of Grade One racing, best horses in the whole world. It's the end of the year. You, you know, the horses have gone through their whole three-year-old season now. Yeah, the young ones, and and the two-year-olds are out there as well. But you get the best horses in every division on every surface in one place over two days. Like that's better than just the one. Even though this is the American Classic race that everybody aspires to. Now there's whatever forty thousand horses born in America every year. Whatever the number is, thirty-five or something. It's too many. You know, Whatever it is, it's too many. One, yeah. of, one <laughs> of them wins the Kentucky Derby. Only 20 of them three years later get into the game. Right. Which, by the way, they shouldn't even have 20. I think the number's too high. I think it should be capped at 14 like Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Because the 20, well, the best horse might win or get close. It, it throws a dimension of luck into it that isn't necessary. Yeah, you know, there's to, too to much to contend with. First turn. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Didn't and, they and, go? You know, the le- didn't never- they go less uh, a few years ago? Didn't they try? Uh, maybe there were too many scratches or something. But I figure I thought they were around it fifteen. Just turned out, but it's been twenty for a while. But right. it was even bigger than that. I think I, I can't tell you precisely. We'd have to Google it quick. I think twenty-five have run or twenty-four or something, or maybe even more. But I know in my lifetime they've been above twenty. Then they changed it. Let's limit it to twenty at the max. Right. So that you know, every any rich person who has a three-year-old gets stick their horse in the race, pay the qualifying fees going in, and, you know, now yeah. they change it where they have sort of a point system. They want the best one winning the various prep races or at least placing. Yeah, and I know what you're saying. That's why Justify is going to win. You're right. You're right. Uh, real quick, but, the, yeah, like the WWE last weekend had a 50-man battle royal, and I thought that was too much. Like, yeah, maybe Braun Strowman is the best wrestler, but m- maybe he's not, you know? It's too much. It's the same the thing. the difference between wrestling Go ahead. They practice beforehand. They have a conversation about how the <laughs> event will turn out. Whereas in horse racing, they all would like to win. Now, have there been things, of course, like in any sport, college basketball? But, You're right. Uh, yeah. No, I love I think the, the highlight. Is the highlight is the truest test of athleticism? That's the one. That's the one. I don't. Have you, I, I, I like. Been to the fronton? No, I haven't. Should That's we go? Another thing we did in Las Vegas. They used to have a front on at the old MGM now. is Ali's property now. Mm-hmm. But the old MGM was on that site, and they had this giant building. It looked like the convention center or something. And yeah. these men would, would throw the pelota 120 miles an hour, and we would bet on it as college juniors and yell at them. I'm going to take a left turn here, but I have a feeling the answer to this question is yes, only because of the time and, uh, and when you spent in Vegas. And Do you know what whirly ball is? I've heard of it, yeah. Isn't it sort of like you're in a 
you're in a bumper car, but you have a little plastic gizmo and you try to make goals. Yes, and it's like highlight. You have like the highlight, the, uh, whatever the the. Seska. Yeah, Seska. Yeah, you have that, and yeah, you're in bumper cars, and it was in Vegas, and it was it was great. And my cousin Jimmy Kimmel would take me. But the thing you would have loved is you could announce it, and it was ridiculous the announcement because people would go drunk oh, yeah. and they'd announce, and there would be scores, and you'd bet on it, and it was uh, and it was it was. Terrific and, and insane, but um, yeah. I, I saw it, but I did not participate. For some reason, I never I never went out there. Or if oh. I did, I forgot. Well, but it was there, or just coming into vogue, I believe. By the way, I don't believe the whirlyball people are using official Cessas. They're probably not the wicker <laughs> basket kind. You're oh. probably talking about the plastic version, like like the thing kids play in the yard. What's that game? What's it called? Where they're throwing the ball back and forth with the little... I know what you're saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yes, it was. It wasn't. Uh, there, there wasn't a lot of uh, thought put into it. Like I said, it was just drunk idiots. Um, they, they actually brought whatever they could, <laughs> bring their own weapons. But yeah, no, I like it. I love. I love the pageantry of the Derby. I wonder if they if they serve mint juleps at monster truck rallies in Jacksonville, Florida, if it could up the uh, elegance of of that sport. But here we are. We're at the Derby. 144th. Last year, you had a little bit of a problem. Your horse started out of the gate and it went into convulsions. I think it started giving birth, but you don't get your money back for that, do you? <laughs> no, uh, that horse was named Thunder Snow, uh-huh. and he had won the United Arab Emirates Derby, right? Uh-huh. That's over in Dubai. Yep. And just like Mendelssohn, who's in this year's race, and I just thought it had a shot. No horse has taken that path, you know, like not come here to the States. And, and at least run a race. I think uh, Canonero the second. We got to look that one up. Okay. Okay. That's for the history bus. I think that there's a chance that one might have done it. But nobody's done the Dubai route, and you got these go dolphin people and a huge, rich thoroughbred operation, a worldwide operation, and they want to do it too. You know, it's a big race. Yeah. It's like an American would want to go win the Arc de Triomphe or the Irish Derby or whatever, and. They got a good shot with this one. If he's as good as you looked at that race, you know, last month or month and a half now. But I sadly am falling toward what's probably going to be the favorite. Don't like doing that in a twenty horse field. Normally, you want to take yeah. a shot at a bigger shot if, if you know, you're going to be stuck against nineteen. But Bob Baffert has this horse, Justify. Right. You already got the head. Like the headlines could be Justified. Yeah. Justification after he wins the Preakness. Yes. Just business something. Uh, it looks really good, but he didn't run as a two-year-old. No horse has won the Derby since, like, Apollo or something in 1880, whatever, 82, right? Like, they usually need that foundation. Like, usually the horses who do well, they did okay as a two-year-old. They showed they could run, and then they mature, and they come back, and they rank as three, and they're even better. This horse is trying to do it all in one year. So but you like impeccable so far. Yeah, so you like this justify. I'm looking at the uh you can get odds all over the place. So they're they're uh I'm trying to think. Okay, so yeah, three to one right now. It is in fact the favorite. And yeah, and, yeah, you think Baffert has it in him finally? Something like that is gonna happen? I, I think well, I mean you have American Pharaoh who won the triple crown. So he's right. I mean he, he does he always gets excited for this. This is and why wouldn't any trainer, you know, the the, the whole sport comes together, and, and this one race matters so much more than all the others. And so they get up for it. Certain, certain of them, like this Pletcher, I think he has four in. So there's a bunch of other good ones that can beat him. I'm hardly saying it's – I'm not looking at it like he's American Pharaoh. Right. Like, uh, 
uh, who your big brown looks so dominant compared to the rest. There's certain years, Fusaichi Pegasus, yeah. where just one just looks above the other. So I don't necessarily think that's the case this time, but you got to pick one. If yeah. you pick too many, you dilute your bet, and pretty soon you're – you might as well just go play Keno. Okay? Like you're just picking numbers at that of point. Of course. Yeah, Which, you might as well play Whirly Ball. a terrible thing. I do pick my children's and Gretchen's birthdays. Those mm-hmm. are like straight tries. Like, why not? Why couldn't 10 1 7 show up? You know, it could. Yeah. Yeah. I end up like doing the they, same thing. I, so, so, with this, I, I, I sent uh, my cousin Jimmy and, and Bill Simmons and my agent, James Baby Doll Dix. I said, just, just. Being sentimental, these are the horses we should target. Free drop Billy, which is Simmons, oh, and, uh, a good name. Uh, and, and there's a story. My cousin the Jimmy's horse, kid's you name. Care. You just want name. No, go ahead. Yeah, What's I'm the right now. Name? The next that that's a thirty to one horse. Um, my <clears throat> my boy Jack. It's ridiculous. My son's name is Jack, and now I'm seeing thirty to one. But somehow I saw like eight to one the other day. And then uh, uh, James Baby Doll Dixon, my my agent. Uh, I would go for where is the name here. Did that maybe maybe that horse scratched already? That would make a lot of sense. Already. Which one? No, it, it was like be, Dream Baby Dream or something. Is it out now? We, I, I'm willing to look it up. We, yeah, we have all day, right? This is not even airing anywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we have we have uh, we have until the race. Actually, we can do this. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see. It. I think the horse. Uh, so my boy Jack and uh, and uh, Free Drop Billy. But what were you going to say about Free Drop Billy? Well, you you. It, it's one that looked like it was going to be something, uh-huh. you know, last year and even this year. Like every, it, it, I mean, it could, you know, it has the background, but it just seems like it flattened out. You know, it didn't, it didn't hit the numbers. Do you know what the buyer figure is? Are you familiar with that? What is that? Tell me. It's uh, B E Y E R. It's an Andrew Buyer, who is a real human being, uh-huh. horse race guy, Washington Post. He made. He just hey, I'm going to make up a new system. This is how we will. F- Going forward, this is how we will rate the horses. Mm-hmm. And it kind of caught on. And it's, you know, there's all sorts of speed figures and other people sell what's called the sheets. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of different people who look at it analytically from a whole bunch of different ways. But his is an accepted standard, like a number that represents how fast the horse really went. Because mm-hmm. the example is, let's say a bunch of horses are racing at a certain track. And that day the track is just perfect. The weather's perfect. And and everybody's running fast that day, right? Uh-huh. Every single race, you're like, oh, my God, look at the time. So a horse who runs fast at that track on that day wouldn't necessarily get the same speed figure because we could all agree it kind of like was easier to run fast at that track that day, right? Gotcha. So they, they have all these variants, or on the, the converse, a slow truck, all the times are bad, but then one race, some horse, you know, you know practically beats the track record. He clearly was running super fast compared to other horses running on the same track. Right, so, so it's like a, it's like a justify. it's like a power hitter, uh, you know, wraps it around the the Paul Pesky pole at Fenway Park. Maybe isn't going to have thirty five home runs in um, I don't know Atlanta somewhere, yeah. right? Something like that. Very yeah. fair, yeah. Okay. So that's a fair comparison. Yeah. So justified going back to the horse I like has only raced three times, but all three have been triple digits. Like if you run a if you're a slow horse running at some you know, middle-of-the-road track, a maiden that has raced 20 times and never won, they literally could have figures that say they ran a four, they ran a five, they ran a two, a zero. Whereas American Pharaoh or any of the great horses, you know, could put up numbers that are 126 or, you know, 130 even like the best one. Gotcha. So at the derby level, you kind of want to be above 100 coming in 
historically, most winners have at least done that before, right? They 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 don't have a 70 and all of a sudden win the Kentucky Derby and advance their speed that fast in one day. Right, right. So the point on Justify is he's raced three times. All three have been triple digit mm-hmm. under that system. And I think I, I read a story uh, this morning. Girardi wrote, like, I think there's only been 20 ever or 25. Or, you know, a very small number. Wow. So it says a little more backwards, very high on him. And what the hell? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a shot at the favorite. Bet him. haven't decided on my underplays precisely because there's a whole bunch of nominations. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Enjoy the race. By the way, this, uh, yeah, and that's the most important thing. Just enjoy the race for God's sakes. But justify. It, it said, I read this this morning, he smiles when he runs. Is that is that is that true, or is that just horse horse race talk that I'm not familiar with? Because I don't um, know if I trust honest, that. I've, yeah. I've watched his races back. Yeah. I can't remember seeing a tight shot. Like, like Zenyatta uh-huh. used to dance. Like, she literally, she'd come into the paddock, and she'd kind of do this cute little step, and sometimes she'd do this. She stepped on the track. It was... It was just like a, you know, like a puppy learning a trick, and mm-hmm. she did it repeatedly. So people thought that was her way of saying, "I'm relaxed, I'm having fun." Right. So if this sort of smiles, what's wrong with that? No, I guess uh, it's we'll good. Give you one longer shot. Hofberg was in the Florida Derby runner-up. The nine is thirty to one, no twenty to one. Right. Saying so I'll definitely play that underneath. Justify. You can do this. Here's your bet. Yeah. You go justify to win. Hofberg second. Everybody third. That's the all button, right? So that bet only costs eighteen dollars because it's a single over a single times eighteen. Okay. Right. So why don't we do this? Then because go, because I was going to give you, you a go justify everybody yeah. Hofburg. Oh, I see. I want to borrow thirty six dollars from you. And you know, really to back it up, you should then go all over justify over Hofburg because what if justify is only good for second? All right, listen. That's probably. I'm going to give you. I'm giving you a hundred dollars, real dollars. This is real, real money. And uh, tell me how to spread it out. So that justify over Hofford overall is eighteen dollars. Yep, and then you do all over justify over Hofford. Uh huh. And how much is that? You do it. You do it all three ways. Justify is either first or second. Uh huh. Hofford's Hofford's either second or third. Got it. Okay, and how much does that cost to cover? I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. Should be eighteen right. times three. Eighteen times three. So let's do that twice because I'm giving you a hundred and six dollars now, a hundred eight dollars now. Okay. All right. I'll pay you back. No, no, no. I, I no. have a bohemian fifty dollar bill for my wedding. I never cashed it in, so maybe we can trade. I'll take that. I'll take that. No, I don't want anything from you. This is uh, for you for coming on the podcast. I'm giving you a hundred eight dollars worth of bets. I just have to figure out how the hell to put this in. But justify either first or second, and Hofborg or either first or second. I'll text you. I don't, I don't think you have a complete understanding of those that I've decided to make, <laughs> All but right. I will text you the no. exact numbers. Okay, text if me. if you were to ask me— Because you did this a couple of years ago. You did a couple of years ago. You texted me, and you gave me like 45 numbers. Of horse, I swear to God, some of these horses— I don't think that happened. We're not I'm even racing. Not even close to group. Really? Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> you know what I'm holding in my hand? What is it? I'm afraid to ask. It is an iron ball from the sport called Irish Road Bowling. I was uh-huh. just walking around my house, and I just picked it up. It was on the mantle. <laughs> nice. You can Google that as well as the Kim Il-Zong series. 
I okay. think we gave people five or six things to Google. Yeah, we got Irish we, road bowling. Irish road bowling. We have uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot, a lot of homework we gave them, and I'm gonna uh, spend the next three days trying to figure out this bet that we're uh, jumping on. With justify. Really I, you know what? I'm gonna give it to you right now. You ready? Go ahead. Write it down. Say ready? it. Say it so everyone can hear. Seven. Yeah. Yep. Seven over nine over all. Mm-hmm. Then you go seven over all over nine. Then you go all over seven over nine. Okay. And those are $18 each, and we're doing that times Correct. two. Yeah, we're all three some children's birthdays. That'll be the one with all those numbers. I, okay. think, that, I think that's what we got to choose. All right. Now, this, this is still on NPR, right? We're still NPR? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until it shuts down. This I'm is on NPR. I'm going to up something radio-related. I got to host Pearl Jam Radio last week. Oh, did it you? Last week. Oh, that's exciting. It was, it, was, it was really fun. It was right there with the same same level of intensity. Just, just like this, right? But, wow. Yeah, the anticipation alone. I set my alarm so I wouldn't forget you. <laughs> I bet you didn't talk a lot about Whirly Ball, though, in the Pearl Jam uh, revival. Uh, nah. No. Actually, yeah. the, well, the key story was when I first met Brent Berry, our friend, who, who used to play for the Sonics and uh-huh. Spurs and other teams. So I'm going to do one of my Kim Il-Zong stories, the Korean guy I was talking about. We're at the Seattle Coliseum, the mm-hmm. Coliseum Key Arena then. And I'm meeting Brent for the first time, explaining this joke. You know, we got this guy pretending to be on the Seahawks, blah, blah, blah. And Brent does his line. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? And we said, well, we're at your game. It was an exhibition game in October of 2003, I believe. And he said, hey, I got two Pearl Jam tickets. They're in my car. Go in, go in the locker room, grab my keys. They're in my jeans. Go out, grab the tickets, put the keys back. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we go to, like, one of their classic shows, the Ben Arroyo show. He's a Pearl Jam fan. Nice. You remember the movie Big yeah. Fish? Of course, yeah. The song "Man of the Hour" that was Pearl Jam wrote that for that movie. Oh, and, nice! Yeah, it was just like a good night. They unveiled that song that night. This is exciting. The exciting things are happening for you. You realize that you have this bet, this uh, seven over nine overall, seven overall over nine, all over seven over nine. You have uh, this right. Pearl Jam thing that you did. That's great. And you're on the Mount Rushmore of ESPN personalities. You you agreed yeah. with me. You, some, Stu, Linda, I and Dan. Some, I had some plumbing fixed yesterday. Yes. That was big, too. Good. <laughs> it's all coming together for Kenny Maine. Anything else you want to plug aside from that? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I need an electrician. If anybody has a good electrician. Or, okay. Yeah, I just want the place to get a once-over. <laughs> I'm really, that's kind of more of a mundane thing. Though. That wasn't a big thing. All right. All right. Just a thought that came in my head. We are going to get on the boat today. That's good news. All right. You're on a boat, too. We're going to get a good day. It's a good day here. I love it. I love it. Kenny Maine is the greatest. Seven over nine overall, seven overall over nine, all over seven over nine. Thanks for coming on, Kenny Maine. All right, I'll text you the birthday. Please do. And it, so it's really going to be like 120. Thanks a lot. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Shoot us an email, Cousin Sal, against all odds at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight, 1135, and every weeknight on ABC. For the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier, and Kenny Maine, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Nah, nah, nah.